So John and I were gone and we missed you guys, but we heard it was a great service and um, uh, we came back to a little bit of craziness. Have you ever just had a week where it seemed like everything and anything was kind of going wrong? So like both cars were broke down and like a fence was down and just all this craziness and um, you can totally let your mind uh, just get crazy, right? You can let it overtake your week. You can let it overtake the good. Um, even if there's more good to outweigh the bad, sometimes we can let it kind of just take over. And so today, um, let's just put all of that aside and, and let's just worship God for who he is because he is far greater than any of the things we went through this week, right? He can overcome so much more than cars broken down and broken fences and just the randomness of life. I know you have your own randomness. If we all, you know, if we all talked, you would be like, yeah, this and this and, you know, that and then, you know, the list can go on. But for me, I just this week, towards the end of the week, I was like, God, I have to choose just to like be in your presence, even when it's crazy, just to trust you even when it's chaos and so i just invite you guys to think of that and um and worship in that way today put those things aside and let's let's worship him for who he is not for what we're going through but that he always brings us through it amen
declare this today with us.
heaven today. morning. Let's sing them like we mean it, Zach. Let heaven come into this place right now. It may seem like a feeble thing to actually have that happen, but this is how Jesus taught us to pray, is to literally ask God for his presence in heaven to come to earth, and that's what he did by sending his son, Jesus. God, we pray for your heaven to come this morning be in the middle of this church right now. Not me or this worship team, God, but your presence, God, be in this place right now. Just pray that. You don't have to say it loud. I don't care if you sing it or shout it or anything, but if you mean it earnestly in your heart, pray for it right now, that we be the church in this moment. Amen? God, be in this place, God. We ask for your presence to permeate this place. We know you're here, God. We pray for heaven to come into Hill City Church, into this school, God, into this church. You know, some of you may not know this if you've been in church for a while or if you've never come to church and you're kind of looking at this thing. Um, we're actually singing verses out of the Bible. Um, this is called uh, the Lord's Prayer. Jesus was talking to his disciples and he's saying, don't be like the hypocrites and the religious leaders of the time that stand up on the corner and shout really loud, but don't mean it. So he says this, he says, if you guys are ever questioning, like, how should I pray? You know, um, it's a great place to go because Jesus says, this is how you should pray. I'm going to read it. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God, we pray this morning for this church. We're thankful that we get to worship a living God. Lord, Lord, it's not a moment in history that happened years ago, but God, that the, in this moment this morning, God, that we can experience God, that we can experience your presence, your grace. God, I pray just simple words this morning. Your kingdom come. Let heaven come. And let it be on earth as it is in heaven.
If anybody needs, um, we do this sometimes. If you have a need in your life, if you have something that's going on, a situation that you, you don't know the answer, you need, uh, you need peace, you need comfort, you need God's presence, you need heaven in that situation in your life, would you guys be bold enough to raise your hand? And um, we would love to surround you with some leaders and lay our hands on those who, are, who need heaven this morning. And we're going to say just a simple prayer. We're not going to overcomplicate it. But we're going to be the church this morning. Amen. And there's some people, if you guys are, are one uh, part of our leaders or, or part of the church, and uh, you wouldn't mind going out and just laying a few hands on people, we would love to, uh, to be the church this morning. Amen. We're just going to take just a moment. God do his thing. God, we pray for this morning. And if you would, guys, just ask that person who you're praying for what they need. We can pray ambiguous prayers, but let's be a bit specific this morning and ask them, um, you know, if they're willing to share uh, what's going on. So God, I pray for this morning. I pray for the people in this place, the beautiful people and souls that have come into our church. God, and we pray for your kingdom come, that heaven would be in this place that heaven would touch the situation of what's going on in, that, in, in, our, in our people's lives. Lord, if it's a sickness, if it's a, if it's a job situation, if it's a family situation, God, if it's asking for more love in our lives and more grace, God, that we would grow as the church, God, and grow in you, that we would learn these principles and these truths that you have, have taught to us and we would apply them to our lives, God. God, I pray for your presence, God, and your Holy Spirit to move in this place. And I pray for receptive hearts. I pray that we'd be open to being changed by you this morning, God. Lord, believe that the only thing that's everlasting, the only thing that will change us ultimately, God, is your Holy Spirit. And salvation in the name of Christ. Oh, God, we just soak it in this morning. Church, just... Uh, just absorb it for a minute. And if you're not feeling anything, it's okay. It's okay. But God, in this moment, we just accept your presence. We expect you. We, we accept your truth. Everybody in here this morning, God. Let us be changed, God. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. Let heaven come. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you. We love you. God, you're amazing. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated this morning. Thank you for allowing us to worship and prayer and song. Welcome to Hill City Church. How's everyone doing? Good? I got to come up with a different thing. I can't ask how everybody's doing because that just doesn't work. But hope all is well. If it's your first time, welcome. Um, we love having you. If there's any questions, we'd love to get to know you. We're not going to have you raise your hand. Um, we'd love to get to know you. Um, so we have uh, um, the uh, back there and in the front. If there's any questions that we can help answer about the church and things that we're doing, we'd love to be here for you. Um, just a few quick announcements, and I'm going to get over to Pastor John. Uh, they did survive the Caribbean somehow. Um, <laughs> don't act like it was a hard thing for you guys. All right, yeah. 
By the grace of God, we survived the Caribbean. Um, the, uh, a quick few quick announcements. Uh, ladies retreat happening in two weeks from now. Um, I get to babysit that weekend, so I'm looking forward to it. No, I was kidding. Um, and it's not babysitting, it's called being a dad. I know that. Um, but uh, so last, today's the last day to sign up for that. Uh, so the window is small. Uh, there's a, we have about, I think, 40 people, and we're getting pretty close. So um, uh, you can rush out there. Don't go now. Um, but you can do it on your phone. You can do these things. So if you go to our app, you'll see a, a place to sign up. Um, and then next week, uh, Desperation Conference with uh, Tino and Mo. It doesn't happen until June, right? Or July. June 20th, 22nd? Yes, got it. Um, June 20th through the 22nd, uh, but there's an informational meeting next Sunday at 9 a.m. in the big gym right here. So if you're a kid, what's the age between sixth grade and, and 12? Is that right? Junior high to uh, high school? Six to uh, six, uh, you know, you know what junior high and high school is. Um, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a wonderful conference that we've been going to for about four or five years. It's down in Colorado Springs at New Life uh, Church and uh, just an amazing experience for our kids. So highly highly encourage you to uh to send your kids to that and that's an informational meeting next week and we'll do signups from there uh, ushers why don't you guys come forward we're going to continue in our worship and giving i'm going to pray and then pass it over to uh, pastor john god thank you for this morning again we get to worship you i pray for um god i pray that we would just uh, not rush through the the, the process of, of, of experiencing your grace and experiencing your presence this morning. And um, we love you. We love you, God. And um, in Jesus' name we pray. Glad to be home. Good morning. How are you guys? All right. Uh, today, I just uh, it, I always feel that it is a privilege. It, it is an absolute privilege uh, to be a part of the leadership team here and to lead this family. More than anything, I believe we are a family of God. We don't uh, believe we don't just uh, we don't see it as just an organization, uh, but we see it as one, we want to be in one another's lives. That it, that is. 
the depth of uh, what Jesus is asking us is not to only enter into this walk with him, but to enter into this walk with one another. And that's, uh, that's our goal. To, there's a joy in that. And there's also, it, that's hard too, you know, because people are messy and crazy, and we all are. So you can fake it all you want, but you're crazy too. That's why we're here together. We're here together because we all face trouble of many kinds. That's what the Bible says. And so if you are not perfect, you are welcome here, all right? And if you were perfect, you wouldn't be here anyway. You'd be, all right? You wouldn't be here anyway. So if you're guests, welcome. My name is John, and I'm glad uh, you are here. And uh, I hope you got to meet with some of uh, the people here. And if you didn't get to know these people, these are some of the best people that I know, even Juan Delgado, yeah, even Juan, right? There's some of the best people that I, I, I know. And if you have any questions, we have a guest center right outside and ask Kristen any question that you have. It's a great place to get connected, get information. And before we get into this, talk amongst yourselves for one second. There we go. Uh, I just want to uh, just, I just want to make uh, just a quick, uh, just a talk here. Uh, we believe that uh, that everyone here, we're part of a family, and you know you're part of a family. You don't just sit and say, uh, you know, where's my dinner? I don't know if you've ever said, uh, you know, if your kid's like, where's my dinner? Or, you know, you know when they say crazy stuff and you're like, shut your mouth. You know, you, you, they, they just say rude things. But when you're part of a family, you know that you have to put out the plates. You put out the napkins. You know that we're all here and we're working together. And uh, I just, uh, it's just, we have some... Um, uh, places that we can serve in the nursery. Um, um, we have some needs in the nursery, and we have some needs in uh, children's ministry. If those are two areas that you can help us out in, it's, and it's just once a month. That's it. Once a month. Say once a month. That's easy. That's easy. Once a month just to help us set that place up and set a place where children can uh, be loved and learn about Christ. I think that's a beautiful thing we can do. And our goal every week from uh, the nursery to the greeters to the children's ministry, everything that we do is that so people far from God could encounter Jesus, find family here, discover purpose, their purpose, help people figure out their dreams, push them to their, towards their dreams. And then at the end, this is a big one, make an impact, make a difference with your lives. Because what's the point if we just hype up all this stuff, but we don't want to make a difference with our lives. We've got to step outside the doors. You've got to cross the street. That's what we say around here. If you're a good Samaritan, it's cool that you're good, but you've got to cross the street. You gotta cross over. You gotta meet the need. You can't just feel bad about the need. You can't just Facebook like the need. Like, you know, you see those. Have you ever watched the Facebook video? You're like, man, that's horrible. Like, right? You can't do that with Christ. You can't do that with what Jesus is doing in your heart. You can't just like what he's doing. You gotta get in on it. You do. And, 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 and when you do, you, you find out a different part about God that you've never known before in the act of serving and in this other side of seeing things. And so our goal, that's our goal every week. We want to reach our city. We want to reach our families. We want to reach our world. And, and right now we have some needs there. And so if you guys can make a difference, go to the guest center and, uh, and serve with us. And so if you have your Bibles now, please turn to Mark chapter 7. We celebrate the word of God because it reveals Jesus, and we believe that Jesus changes our lives. That's it. That Jesus changes our lives. So we've been in this series called Meet Jesus, Learning His Life, His Mission, and what it means to be a Christian today in our lives, what it means to follow Jesus. 
What does that mean to follow Jesus? Uh, Christians back in the day were not, it wasn't a positive thing to be called a Christian. Uh, if you read uh, historians from uh, Josephus to Tassius to all these like Roman to Greek historians, Jewish historians that were not like pro-Christianity, they would call them Christians in mock of who they were, not in like, hey, you were doing awesome, you're a Christian. No, it was like, it was making fun of, you're like little Christ, that's what you are, right? And so that's what we, what does it mean to be little Christ, to be like Christ? And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to read Mark 7, 24 to 30, and Brian's going to read it, and then we're going to run right in, all right? Okay, verse 24. And from there he arose and went away to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and did not any, want anyone to know, yet he could not be hidden. But immediately a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. And he said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this statement you may go your way. The demon has left your daughter. And she went home and found the child lying in bed and the demon gone. So we're the Lord, even though it's crazy, all right? So sometimes when you're going through the Bible, we're doing Mark verse by verse. Verses like this, you just want to skip. <laughs> you're like... Thank you. You want to continue on with calling people dogs and like, well, what does this mean, Jesus, right? In, in our culture, this is, uh, this is uh, hard to maybe reconcile or hard to take in, and I just want to break that down for you through the book of Mark. So all throughout Mark, Mark is telling us from uh, chapters 1 through 8, who is Jesus? That's the question that he's asking, and that's the question that he's answering. Who is this guy? And now if this guy is truly God, like he said in chapter 6, he said that I am, uh, that I am, right? He, I'm the great I am. He's, he's repeating what Moses uh, happened in Exodus 33, verse 16, where Moses was saying, show me your glory. And then God says, I am Yahweh, I am. And then Jesus repeats those same words to his disciples in the vote in chapter 6 when he says, take heart, I am. And then he says, do not be afraid. That's the actual words in, 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 in the uh, Koine Greek there. And so he's saying, I'm God. To, the, to any Jewish person, he's saying, Jesus is actually saying, admittedly, very loud, I am God. And I have to tell you I'm God because I've been with you for probably two years now and you still don't understand that I'm God. So now I'm going to tell you I'm God. And these guys probably still don't get it yet, which is crazy that you, you would think that you, if you were with Jesus and he told you he was God, that they would get it. But it's like, they're like us. How many times does God have to prove himself and show himself and, and dry, uh, drive us and heal us and move us until we believe truthfully in fullness that we are ready to lay down our lives for this God? So how, so no, the first question, who is Jesus? Who is this guy? And then the next question that we're finding out is here, if he is God, how do we approach Jesus? How do we approach God? You ever think about that? Like, how do we approach God? If he truly is God, how do we approach him? Most people, we have two responses or two misconceptions of how we approach God. The first misconception is uh, they, so people see God as an all-powerful yet distant being, right? 
Yeah, he's, uh, uh, it's like old school, like a lot of like Roman Greco gods were like this angry Zeus god that he was watching you, like don't make a mistake. Have you ever watched Monsters, Inc., right? You, you remember that, that woman thing, that slug thing? It's like, I'm always watching you. I, I can't do the voice good. Wazowski, right? But we see God like that sometimes, like he's, he's ready to attack us. He's always watching you, like he's this angry middle school principal, right, just watching and waiting for you to mess up so, he, so that they can put you in detention, right, and then squash you, like you, you're going to face my wrath. Sometimes we have that wrath kind of view of God. And a lot of people, you've heard this, I can't go to church or I, I can't do the God thing. He might strike me down with lightning if I walk in there. Have you ever heard like that people say that? Well, it's that view of God. This view of God that he's going to get me if I show like, oh man, what if, I, what if I do this? But then there's another view of God that's opposite. And it's more of a modern view. This is the view of God. And it's a spiritual view. Like, we love the spiritual. It's the spiritual energy. And we have access to God at any time. That's another view of God. And this is the more modern view. And this is the Jesus as your homeboy view, right? This is the view like he's our cosmic Santa. Like, we just need to send good vibes this way. Have you ever, like, heard that? Like, just send good vibes. I'm like, what does that even mean? Right? What, what, what vibes are, am I sending, right? Just be spiritual. Send good vibes. Just feel it. And some Christians would say just, and, and the Christians do the same thing. We're like, oh, they don't understand Jesus. But Christians do the same thing. Just say the magic prayer. And you're in, man. Boom, you're in. And then do whatever you want. He has to bless you because you said the magic prayer, right? Like he's a vending machine, and he's not a God with a personality, and he's not a person. He has a purpose, and he has a plan. We don't see that about God because this is a spiritual feeling. That's God. And then Mark is like, no, no, no. Let me show you another way. Let me show you the way that Jesus is trying to show us something entirely different. So I'm going to read through you th these verses. Mark 7, 24, it says, And from there he arose and went away to this region of Tyre and Sidon, and he entered into his house, and he didn't want anyone to know, which is strange, yet he could not be hidden. All right? So this is Jesus. Jesus normally does all his ministry in the Jewish areas, right, in, in Israel, the provinces of Israel. But now here's Jesus. He's sneaking away to a Greek area of Tyre and Sidon where the crowds aren't because they don't know him as well. And so you see he's sneaking in and the crowd because he's trying to get away. He's tired, right? This guy is tired because people are exhausting. And everyone knows that. You know why? Because you're exhausting, yeah. We're exhausting. I'm exhausting. If you want to just listen to my problems, that's exhausting. It is, yeah. You're like, shut your mouth, John. I don't want to hear another problem. I got enough problems of my own, right? I know. You don't want to hear these Korean problems. But he, Jesus needs to get away, but it doesn't work. This woman hears about Jesus and approaches him boldly, just like runs in with no discretion, no tact. And it says in, in, in the word that she is a, a Seraphonician. Seraphon, say Seraphonician. That's right. Seraphonician. And what that means, all that means is she's a Syrian. She's Syrian by nature. Just like we know the Syrian people, Aleppo, that, that group of people, that's the type of person that she is. She's Seraphonician. 
and due to the closeness to the Jews, she understands the culture. She, that she is a woman. She understands that she's a woman. That she's a Gentile. That she's a Syrian. And that she's not Jewish. She doesn't have the right credentials. She knows this because they're close enough. She understands how Jewish traditions work. And she, she understands she doesn't have the credentials. And everything she is disqualifies her from ever approaching a Jewish rabbi without an invitation in those days. But guess what? She don't care. I love her. She's audacious. She just doesn't care about the rules of walking, how to get to Jesus. She doesn't care about the rules. She doesn't. She approaches Jesus boldly. She enters his house without invitation. All right? If you are eating dinner at your house and someone walks in, and you're, you, you're going to be shocked, right? It's not like, oh, that's okay. No, it's not okay. Even back in these days, they were probably like, it's even probably crazier. Like, what are you going to do in my house, right? And she busts in this house, approaches Jesus, falls on her face, and begins to beg and plead. And the word beg actually means keep on begging. Keep on. She doesn't stop. She's moving in desperation, and she's out of control. In Matthew, it's the same, like, account of this story. And the disciples actually start screaming at her and saying, get away. Send her away. It says in Matthew 15, like, they start asking Jesus, can you please send this crazy woman away? Right? She's crying out too much. See, many of you don't know this. There are very different types of people. There are cowardly people. There are regular people. There's courageous people. And then there's moms, right? And you might not know yet, but moms are crazy. Moms are crazy. Husbands, you don't need to even agree because then you're going to get crazy on you, right? You're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. You just, like, agree in your mind. I can see the heads bobbing like, yeah, moms are crazy. But when you're a mom, personality doesn't even matter. You could be shy and timid. You're like, Your voice could be nice and quiet. But when your child is in need, you go crazy. You go nuts, right? It doesn't matter about personality. You push through barriers. You don't care. You do whatever it takes. I remember when uh, when Micah was sick, when he got his appendix. Like, his appendix was bursting, right? And uh, uh, Candace took Micah to the doctor, and the first doctor at Kaiser looked at him. He's like, oh, he seems okay seems okay, and, and I'm there. I'm like, uh-huh, okay. I agree. I agree with the doctor. <laughs> I'm a dad. I'm a dad. Typical dad. Then, uh, then the next day, Micah has been in pain. He hasn't slept all night. We go to Children's Hospital, and uh, the, the doctor, and Children's, they're specialists, right? Doctor checks Micah. He's like, he seems to be okay. It's not an appendix or anything. I push here. He's not crying. It's like, you know, just take some of these meds, and then you can go. And then Candace just, you, you could see the fire start to rise in her eyes. And I was like, I was, this is me on the other side. I was like, okay, doctor, that sounds, that sounds good. We'll, we'll get out of here, you know, take a couple minutes, he'll be okay. Candace is like, no. She, she said some stuff that I cannot share, right? She lost her cool. And she, the doctor had to get her supervisor, and the supervisor came in. And now, you know when you feel awkward because you don't know what to say? Because <laughs> you're on the doctor's side, like, I, like uh, it's going to be okay. She's like, no. <laughs> she said some things. I was like, oh, my gosh. We're Christians, Candace. That's kidding. <laughs> 
So then her supervisor came in, and she was like the top of the whatever, uh, of the ward. She was like the last person we could go to. All right, we'll, we'll, ch we'll bring in more specialists. And they, did, uh, they found out that his appendix was bursting, and we did emergency surgery, right? And Brandon went through the same thing uh, last two weeks ago or a week, a week ago. And uh, so continue to pray, you know, for Brandon. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I would have missed it being a dad. Sometimes you got to be crazy mom. God. So this is a crazy mom. She is bursting in the house. She doesn't care what anyone thinks. She is breaking down doors, and she is not taking no for an answer. Think about that. Think about that. She is Candace owing it in Children's Hospital right now, right? In verse 26, it says, and now the woman was a Gentile. So the, Mark is letting you know she's a Gentile. She's a Gentile. She's a Seraphonician by birth, and she begged him. She begged him. To cast this demon out of her daughter. So this is a, a demon-possessed daughter. She's like, I cannot let this go on any longer. And then verse 27, and Jesus said to her, let the children be fed first. For it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. I was like, dang. I was like, that sounds so insulting, Jesus. But as I started studying this, he's, it, it, was, it was a way of he was saying a parable. And the word dogs here, it, normally it's a, a different word. And the word dog is not a good word to call any people group, all right? But it's not that word. It's saying like, uh, it, it was actually the word puppies. Like, it was the word like, it, it's, you got, there's an order to things. This is what Jesus is actually saying. There's an order to the way God works. He has come for the people of Israel first, as we know it, to satisfy the promises of God, the prophets of God, to accomplish the true Passover, the true temple. And it had to start with Israel. Jesus fulfills so many prophecies of the Old Testament. It's out of control. Just, I would do the study. I think it's important for us, if you believe in Jesus, to do the study of how many things he has fulfilled. Right? And, 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 and then he, he's saying there's an order to God's redemption. And then verse 28. But she answered him, yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs under the tables, the puppies under the tables, eat from the children's crumbs. And he said to her, for this statement, you may go your way. The demons have left your daughter. He's in shock. He's like, I can't believe you said that. That's, such, that's crazy. Keep on pushing. You keep on begging. And then he says, the demons have left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying in bed and demons gone. In these moments, you would think that she would be offended, right? Have you, have someone ever said something and you feel offended? Or have you ever been offended by God? Right? And we're like, no. I'm telling you, there's moments where we feel offended. I'm offended. But she doesn't put her head down and doesn't walk away or say, how dare you? I have rights, right? You, 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 you're going against my rights. Don't belittle me. Don't talk to me that way. She, she doesn't. She keeps on Jesus. She's, she doesn't, she's not shaken by his response. She's not taking no for an answer. She yells out, then give me the crumbs, Jesus. If that's how we were going, then give me the crumbs. And, and this is a crazy part to even say that. Because if he, she's saying, if you're God and you are truly God, then I know you have more than enough. If you're truly God, I know you have more than enough. Not because I deserve it or because of my goodness, or, but because of your goodness, God. Because of your love. Because of your power. I know who I am, but I know who you are. This is crazy insight, guys. Crazy insight about Jesus. Family, this is the heart of knowing God. This is where your faith begins to, man, strengthen, begins to strengthen. We can never view 
God as a prayer or something we are owed, like, God, you owe me since I have done good, I'm a nice guy, or deserved due to being a good person, or coming to church, or because mom was religious, or your family pedigree. No, no, no. This woman understands God far past the disciples in this moment. Because the disciples are still trying to figure out Jesus. This woman knows who Jesus is. It's crazy. And I believe many of us need to hear this. This is the message of Jesus. And then we're going to put, put it up there. You are far more wicked than you ever can believe, but at the same time, far more loved and accepted than you ever dare to hope. Breathe that in, because this is going to be, if you get this, this will be your power for the rest of your life. You are far more wicked than you ever can believe, but at the same time, you're far more loved and accepted than you've ever dared to hope. Some of us, we have lost our passion for God because we forget where we, who we really are. We forget how amazing God's grace really is. And when God's grace is no longer amazing, our faith is no longer amazing. I'm telling you. As when God's grace dwindles, your faith will weaken. Just bar none. Because you, your view of God is something not biblical, not like this woman. See, it says you are far more wicked than you ever can believe, but at the same time you're far more loved and accepted than you ever dared to hope. We like the last part. We don't like the first part, right? Many of us, we don't believe that we're that bad. We just don't understand how wicked we really are, honestly, how far from God we really are. I always say do this test. Imagine you had a television screen on your forehead displaying all the thoughts that you think of people, of, uh, of other people's wives and husbands, of your coworker, of your boss. You're not that good. Let's just face it. If you had a television screen right here telling every, the rest of the world how awesome you are, you're not that awesome. You're like, but I'm a good person. You're not that good of a person, man. There's such wickedness deep down in us if we really get down to it. All of us are too far from God. And that is absolutely the message of Christ. We are hopeless without him. Hopeless without God intervening. I need us to get this because if we get a hold of this, it will absolutely change your life. If you get a hold of God's love for you, how much he loves you, how much we are hopeless without him, and that's the way you love God back, it will be your strength. Nothing will be able to shake you. Not hardship, not whatever you go through, because you understand none of this you deserve. Everything is by the grace of God. We are hopeless without him, hopeless without God intervening. That's why we cling to him with all our might. It's not about our great faith or our smarts or our goodness. It's just plain out flat Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. That's all the Christian message is. It's all about Jesus, and without him, we are without hope, and we are doomed. That is literally the Christian message. It is, and when we get down to it. How can, you tell, uh, how can I tell you that Jesus saves and not tell you what he's saving you from? Right? Jesus saves, Jesus saves. That's great. What is he saving you from? I don't know. I don't know. I'm a pretty good person. Put a TV on your head. You're not that good, right? Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. It's eternal death. What he, that, 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 he's talking about hell. This is serious. I'd rather not talk about hell. Honestly, who, who likes to talk about hell? 
unless you're really into listening to yourself, right? I'd rather not talk about God's wrath, but hell is real. It's a place you don't even want your worst enemies to go. And, it, it, and Jesus talks about hell more than anyone else. Yeah, surprise, surprise, right? It's not this scary place of ghouls and goblins, right? This is a scary place of a holy God and the wrath we deserve without Christ. A place of torment, a world without God. That's hell. And it, people say, I'll see you, in hell. That's, see you in hell. That's a crazy thing to even say. As a Christian, I, I understand why they're saying it. But man, it should break our hearts to the core. But it says in that same verse in Romans 6, 23, but the gift of God in Jesus is eternal life now and forever, a place that you are forever with God. And if this is salvation, and if this is God's love, there's no you owe me, God. There's no attitude like, you better bless me, God. I, there's no, I got rights. You better bless me. There's no entitlement culture in Christianity. I'm telling you, you could, we better kill that. If you've been in church for a while and you feel entitled, it is the last thing that we should have if we understand the message of Jesus. There is no entitlement in Christ. Not for me, not for the pastor, not for, for the child. From the top the, all the way down. There is no top. Jesus is top. That's it. There is no entitlement. There's only we're in absolute need of Christ, and that's it. And when you get proud and entitled, man, you, that shows you you don't understand what God is saving us from. There's no entitlement culture because we are so, so, so unbelievably grateful for the grace of God and Jesus. We are jumping for joy. And, we're, and when you grab a hold of this, when you grab a hold of this love, this acceptance, this Jesus, and if it becomes your driving force in life, I'm telling you, our love for God will flourish. Our love for others, you can't stop your love for others. You know why? Because you understand what you're being saved from. How can you hate your brother when you understand you should be hated? How can you do it? There's, not, there's, there's no room in your heart for that. How can you not love this world or sacrifice for this world when you understand God has sacrificed for us? It's your strength. It's your joy. It's your perseverance. And if you don't understand Jesus in this way, you will always try to earn it or you think he owes you. Both critically, absolutely wrong. So how do we approach God? We can approach God boldly only in the beauty of the grace of Christ. Boldly in the goodness, not ours, his goodness. Gratefully in radical thankfulness, awestruck by the gift of God, by the cross. Think about the cross. That's sacrifice. That's death. That's crazy. See, we face many obstacles of faith. We do. And I'm not like belittling our situations or the way you think. But this woman had to overcome so many obstacles for the healing of her daughter. Obstacle number one was her race. Obstacle number two was her religion. Obstacle number three was her rejection. Think about this. This woman was not the right race or the right religion, right, or the right uh, was sex. She, everything about her was wrong. And as Jesus is speaking to this woman, his words must shake, must have shaken her to the core, right? Probably broke her heart, but she keeps persisting 
and says, I trust you, Jesus. I trust in your goodness. I trust in just what I know about you, God. I trust in your grace. And some of us are here facing some of the greatest obstacles. And you know what it feels to be hopeless. You do. You, you understand this woman, her despair, her child. You might have a child in need. You have experienced rejection. How many of you guys have experienced rejection, right? I believe all of us at some point felt rejected. Pain, hurt. And some of you, you might feel all this, but you still need a miracle. And if you're here today and you feel like giving up, I want to encourage you. God's silence is not an indication of God's unwillingness to meet your need. It's not. First, God's silence serves to build our faith. Second, he operates on a different schedule than we do. It's not our timing. It's not our schedule. You ain't God. I know that's not correct to say it that way, but I, I don't know how to say it bold than that. You are not God. What obstacles are you facing today? What obstacles, what things are you facing today that you feel like is the biggest, like, thing in your way, in your life? I pray in this moment we need to seek Jesus, his time, and in his time, every barrier will fall. Your faith will not be defined by what you receive from God. Listen, your faith is not defined by what you receive from God. Your faith is defined on Jesus alone. That's it. If you're defining on, your, on what you receive from God, then you're God, and he's not God. It's what you get, not what he gets. But on Jesus alone, on who he is, today what are you facing? Is it sickness? Is your, uh, does your marriage need reviving? Is it your finances in ruin? Is your faith need refreshing? Are you here and you're barely believing and your faith needs refreshing? Or you've been here and you've been listening and you're like, I wonder, I, I know that some of us have been Christian for a long time. Some of us are just learning and seeing, checking this thing out. But there's a verse in Hebrews that says this in 4.16. Let us then with confidence approach the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in the time of need. So next time you face an insurmountable obstacle, I say number one, go to the throne God, the throne of God boldly. These are your steps. Go to the throne of God boldly. Number two, keep persisting. Keep pushing. Keep going. Number three, trust in God and who he is and not on the outcome. And let me break down this passage even further. In this passage, of Jesus did not come to bring judgment, but to carry judgment on the cross. He did not say these things to judge this woman, but he is showing us a, a, a picture, right? On the cross, listen, listen, listen. On the cross, the child of God was casted like the crumbs of God's table so that those who are not children of God could be brought in to the house of God. They could be adopted. Another way to see it is the son of God had to become the dog so that we could become sons of God and daughters of God. And if Jesus has done this, you can approach. In your prayers, if Jesus has switched spots with you, how do you now approach God? That's how you should pray. In your mind, the way you pray is through Jesus because you understand that he has switched spots with you 
And now you can approach the throne of God boldly. You can walk towards God, not in your goodness, not in your, uh, what you have done well, not in your works, but through Christ. And if it's through Christ, if that's the way you're praying, through Jesus, thank you for what you've done. Through Jesus, in that way, your faith begins to blossom. I'm telling you, when you start to think of and speak to God through Jesus, the way of Christ, it begins to grow. Let's stand. The Son of God, the Son of God became the dog so that we could become sons and daughters of God. I was, I was reading a commentary and I read those lines and it, it's, it's kind of sh shocking, you know, when you hear Jesus being called a dog. It's easy. You can call me a dog. I'm like, all right, dog. You know, but just like... Just understanding, like, man, when you look at the cross, he's telling this par same parable. When you look at the cross, he's, he's telling the same parable. We used to get the crumbs, but now we sit at the Father's table because God, because Jesus has died on the cross and he has made us a way to the table. We used to be the dog that wouldn't even get anything. But Jesus became what this parable will say, the dog, so that we could be sons and daughters at the table. Folks, you sit at the table of God. You sit at the table of God. You do. And when you pray and when you seek God, see no less than that, that you are at the table face to face, just like Moses was when he said, show me glory. I believe God is speaking to us, some of us right now. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. And just take that in. Take it in. Because we have all these weird views of our, our relationship with God. We've, sometimes our guilt overtakes us or our pride overtakes us and we think we demand sitting at the table. But at the end of the day, it's Jesus. It's always been Jesus, and it will always be Jesus. That's the way to God. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus, and it will always be Jesus. Some of us, we come to church, and now we've, we felt like we cleaned ourselves up, and now I'm good. I can, I can, I can, I can do it myself. And then we miss the whole point of salvation. You can't do it yourself. That's from the beginning to the end of our faith. You can't do it yourself. We need Jesus. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. In your marriage, it's Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. And it's always been Jesus. It'll always be. In your walk with faith, it's not you. It's Jesus. It's, it will always be Jesus. It's always been Jesus. And when we get a grip of that, and we get a grip of how thankful we are that we, God has saved us and loves us, that is your strength. Who could shake a man or a woman who understands that they have been saved and moved by God? Who could shake them? I would say nobody. When you go through hardship, you can get through hardship because you understand you are loved by God and you're chosen by God and you are at the table of God. 
not by any deserving and not by any rights, but because you are loved by God. And when you get that, when you internalize that, when you get a hold of that, I'm telling you, you will not be shaken. We're only shaken when we stand on our own faith, stand on our own foundation, stand on our own skills, our own power, our own smarts. How long will that last? I'm telling you, it's Jesus. It will always be Jesus. And it's always been Jesus. If you've been in, if you're in this room today, and this message is resonating in your heart, you don't need to raise your hand or anything like that. There is no magic prayers. I'm telling you, walk towards God right now. Say, God, take everything then. If you are truly God, and I understand that you're good, it's not my goodness, it's your goodness, God. It's not my love, it's your love. Man, I, I have the hardest time forgiving. I have the hardest time letting go. I have the hardest time just like serving and giving of myself because I don't want to be hurt. I don't want to be rejected. I don't know what they think of me. I pray let all of that go and let God's grace and God's love be your strength today. The way you love your world, your neighbor, your coworker, your boss, the way you love your kids, the way to get over unforgiveness, the way to get a power in this world is by lowering yourself low and saying, God, it's you. It's always be you. It's always been you. You are my strength. I pray that when we get a hold of that, who could stop? If God is for you, who could be against you? What problem can persist? All of us, we face many troubles of many kind, but you can keep going. I'm not saying it's easy, but you can keep moving forward. Heavenly Father, today I just pray over our church family. I pray, God, let us get a hold of that. That is the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it's you, God. It's always been you and always be you, God. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's sing one last song. Let heaven come. Let's take a moment just to pray. Take that in, guys. Yeah.
is the power yours is the glory forever just the voices one last time yours you lord god that is our prayer god it's yours give god praise all right this week i want you to move in that think about that as you work this week as you love your kids this week when they drive you nuts when you when you work in in your workplace when you see your neighbor do everything out of the strength of god's grace his goodness not yours his love for you not yours and when we move like that man heaven comes god bless you guys